Welcome back to How to Be a Better DM. Today, I'm your host, Justin Lewis. And as always, we're here to help you tell better stories. One quick announcement that we didn't exactly put in today's uh, announcements before the show is that uh, the sister company, Monsters.Rent and How to Be a Better DM are officially combining. Yeah, this is a big, big announcement because it means that in the, in the process of the next few months, Everything that you find at betterdungeonmaster.com will actually be moved over to monsters.rent. That's the website, monsters with an S, dot rent. So signing up for one shots, you go over to monsters.rent. Buying merchandise, monsters.rent. Even now, listening to the podcast, monsters.rent, unless you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, any of the other kind of tertiary ones. So, uh, from now on, go to monsters.rent for any podcasting needs surrounding how to be a better DM. We're still calling it how to be a better DM, uh, but it's changing places where it lives, essentially. And we're combining it, we're putting everything under the same roof, so that way we can give you better resources now that we have the backing of monsters.rent even more. Uh, now, let's get into today's show. So. This episode is about D&D, and it's about life in some small way. Playing Dungeons and Dragons is something we do just like everything else we do, and because of that, we often create expectations around the way we do things. I think it stems from our ability to think about how we think about things. Maybe subconsciously we need some sort of purpose, or we need to feel like we're achieving something, so we create these arbitrary goals, if you will. Either way, having certain unchecked expectations can be pretty damaging and counterproductive. And for the most part, for most people, D&D is just a game. For some people, it's a game that is part of their livelihood, right? But hopefully, for no one, is it actual life and death. And because of that, I think we need to all relax a little bit. Just breathe. And maybe readjust some of our personal expectations that might be making things less fun. So... Without further ado, let's talk about some expectations that you might need to adjust. Number one, I can't take breaks. Believe me, I know that you have had your campaign going for years now, and you don't want to risk it fading away by taking a week off or two. You know, I'm in the same boat. My group has been playing for a little over three years, and to be honest, every time I think about taking a week off or so, it gives me a little bit of anxiety. But guess what? That anxiety, it's all in my head. If we took a week off, we would be back the next week. This expectation that I can't take a break is false because everyone in my group is committed to the game. I know that because we've been doing it for three years. So if you have thought that maybe you could use a break as the DM, don't let yourself stop yourself from getting a probably well-deserved break. Either take a week off or have one of your other players DM a session. In my campaign, I invited each of my players to take a turn DMing a a storiella or or a one-shot, you could say, within the campaign. Two have taken me up on that invite and we enjoyed their one-shots immensely. And the best part for me was being able to relax for a week here and there and recharge a little bit. It also clued me into the fact that things might have gotten a bit stale on my end. 
For example, I haven't been doing as many combat encounters as I used to. And I've also let the story sort of wander away from me rather than directing it like a stagecoach driver would a stagecoach. Number two, I can't change things up. As I mentioned before, I've recently noticed that I've been doing some things the same way and because of that, things have gotten a little stale. I noticed this during my last session with my players. It was pretty apparent that everyone was getting bored. So I decided to end the session early and just directly move into the next story element rather than making them slug away at the boring parts. Too often, we slip into routine. And this is both a good thing and a bad thing. Routine helps us maximize effort and optimize brain power because it's exhausting to think of everything every moment. That's why when you have new experiences, it seems like time slows down or more fits into a period of time because your brain is coming out of routine to process something new. But when you do routine things, you find that time passes more quickly. And frankly, sometimes time passes without you realizing what is going on. Have you ever driven somewhere only to get out of the car and realize, how did I get here? I don't remember driving here. You find yourself somewhere without knowing how you got there. When it comes to D&D, routine can be both good and bad. And the key is to key off of your players. If they seem like they're enjoying every single session, then bully for you. But if not, then you should change things up. As they say, if you always do what you've always done, then you'll always get what you've always got. Number three, I have to do it this way. YouTube is an amazing invention. It has probably educated more people than the public education system ever has because now if you have Wi-Fi, you have access to hundreds of millions, if not billions of videos on all sorts of subjects. In the world of Dungeons and Dragons, there are YouTube Dungeon Masters aplenty. And for the most part, these online DMs are talented, practiced, and have spent many hours and probably lots of money creating a great D&D production. Sometimes though, you and I might fall into the trap of watching their shows, loving every minute of it, and then slipping into the, the thought that everything we do has to mirror or resemble their methods. I know that often I stop myself from doing things just because, well, on critical role, they do this, dot, dot, dot. It's wonderful to have role models and people to try and emulate. Becoming great often involves some sort of imitation, but the problem arises that when we shackle ourselves to an idea that holds us back and actually prohibits us from having fun. In my last session, as I've already mentioned, things had gotten stale. Let me explain a little bit more about the situation. My party has entered the Astral Sea, which in my campaign functions a lot more like the universe of Disney's Treasure Planet with astral ships and, and so forth. It's a lot more science fiction. Uh, the party is on a voyage to a distant planet, and the voyage will take them 25 days to get there from where they started. At first, I started with a random encounter table that I would roll on every single day that had the possibility of generating some sort of strange event. And then two of my players hosted one-shots, each one filling up one of the days of the voyage. And... On their one-shots, they made the adventures much more story-driven rather than random encounter. After a while, I realized that traveling 25 days was pretty boring. 
So contrary to what I believed about how critical role functions, last session I decided to do something radical. I realized, hey, this is going nowhere. So I finished the session early and I frankly told my, my party, my friends at my table, I said, hey, I'm going to time jump these 25 days because these 25 days are boring, right? I need to know your plans. Uh, at the end of the session, I had an NPC come to one of the players with an idea for how to uh, infiltrate a particular place once they get to their destination, essentially. And this this NPC said, we can, we can kind of go on this side quest to get information on how to infiltrate it, or we can just wing it, right? So at the end of the session, I told my players, I said, I got to know what you guys want to do, because that's how I'm going to plan next session. And we're not going to do this traveling 25 days bit, right? It's boring. Uh, you guys, I frankly, I don't know how to make it fun. I probably could if I knew how to, but right now I don't. So we're going to move on. And my players, funny enough, they seemed to be energized by that at the end of the session, right? They, they were much more energized at the thought of, okay, we're getting to our destination. Something real is happening. They were much more energized by that thought than during the session while we're actually playing. So whenever you watch the online Dungeon Masters play, they don't seem to ever have informal planning sessions with their players like I did. However, they seem to have everything planned out. First, they might actually have all sorts of planning sessions with their players behind the scenes. We just don't know. But second, it doesn't matter what they do. What matters is what I do and what you do and whether or not it improves the gameplay for yourself and your friends. Whenever you find yourself falling into the trap of thinking, I have to do it this specific way, catch yourself and fling yourself out of the trap because you'll be happy you did. When setting any scene, it's imperative that you tap into the five senses. When it comes to sound, one of the best ways to do that is with music, ambiance, and sound effects. And that's why we've teamed up with Monument Studios. Monument Studios provides easy-to-use soundboards perfect for dungeon mastering in any setting. If you want to see this in action, go to fantasy-plus.com and get 10% off of your first month when you get their Fantasy Plus app by using the code BETTERDM at checkout. Again, that's fantasy-plus.com and BETTERDM at checkout. Use music to amplify your gameplay. Number four, I have to do the funny voices. Welcome to Bolgrind's Inn. Penny for your thoughts. At last, my master plan has come to fruition. These funny voices are, well, you know, they're fun, right? And everyone likes the funny voices and everyone wishes they could do them perfectly and perfect their accent. For me, it's the South African accent that I struggle with. But guess what? You actually don't have to do any voices. That's right. Your best bet might just be making sure the session happens at all. For many DMs, getting players to show up is much more important than whether this character has a South Carolina accent or a, a Southern Alabama accent. Uh, that was probably not Alabama, probably more Georgia, but whatever. In fact, uh, our recent podcast episode with audiobook voice actor Victor Bavine sheds a little more light on this topic. Uh, this is episode 97 
Victor said that the main character of any audiobook should have a voice closest to the actor's natural voice. This is because that's the voice that will be used the most. So even in the big leagues, having a funny voice isn't nearly as important as the inflection, the tone, and the emotion behind the voice. Victor voiced Drizdo Erden in R.A. Salvatore's fantastic series set in the Forgotten Realms. And if you've ever heard the audiobooks, then you know that even though Drizd's voice is essentially Victor's voice, the emotion and the tone behind the voice are perfectly performed. So if nothing else, keep your same voice, but change the inflections and the tone, and more importantly, the emotion. And no one will be bothered about the fact that you don't do accents. They'll instead be captivated by your performance, just like Victor's portrayal of Drizzt's captivates. Number five, I have to use minis. Now, you're probably wondering why something like this would come from me, one of the founders of Monsters.Rent, a D&D mini subscription rental service. Well, it's because I truly believe that you don't actually need minis. There are good reasons to use minis, but to be frank, if it is causing you headaches, then don't bother with them. I constantly say that D&D at its heart is nothing more than a collaborative story. For that story, you only need people, something to write, a story, and an agreed-upon set of rules. Everything else is just extra layers. And sometimes in a world of being a dungeon master, you don't have time to add the quote-unquote extra layers. So don't. Just do what you can and enjoy the session. Your players will enjoy it as well. Number six, my players have to love every single session. Obviously, we want all of our players to love every single session. Honestly, it stings a little when you realize mid-session that your players are not having a fun time. There have been a few times when one player or another in my sessions just hates what's happening. In my sessions, just hates what's happening during the session. And because, honestly, I'm a big softie, whenever this happens, I tend to just lighten things up for that player and, and kind of give them a cool experience and make it a little bit better. But frankly, I don't need to do that. And you don't need to do that. What we need to do is make sure that the story is the best story they've ever heard. In life, there are times that we really don't like. But without fail, those times always teach us something and give us a different perspective. And we may not look... We may not like those difficult times, but we need that perspective. And the same thing is true in D&D sessions. Sometimes characters need the hard times to make their character more dynamic and help them grow. And if everything is easy, then the character's life will be boring, which makes the game boring for the player. And often when things get difficult for the character, the player will not be happy, unless they're a masochist. So rather than ensuring your players love every session, focus on helping your players love the campaign and the story. It's not a perfect line to walk, but you can do it. And with a little practice, your players will start to see what you're doing and they'll like you for it. And well, maybe they'll love you for it. Who knows? Number seven, I can't ask for help. Asking for help is a very difficult thing for some people. Most people I know who Dungeon Master have become Dungeon Masters for one of a few reasons. Number one, probably the most common, no one else will do it. This reason is very common and not, not that many people want to dive into being a Dungeon Master. So there are a few who decide to bite the bullet and just make it happen for everyone else at the table. 
Number two is they want to tell a story. Others become DMs because they want to learn how to tell good stories and they believe that they are the ones that can do it. And to be frank, there's a certain amount of pride in these people. They feel that they are good storytellers and that they have the ability to make a great experience. Or number three, they love performing. Still others relish the thought of performing in front of others and being the actor at center stage. And here too, there's a fair amount of pride. Within the last two reasons, pride is at the heart of why a person becomes a DM. And that means for a lot of people asking for help, it's hard. Do you love these podcast episodes but aren't always able to listen to them? Do you learn better reading information rather than listening to it? Here's what you can do. Go to sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You'll get tips and tricks sent directly to your inbox in written format that you can read and reference whenever you want. You'll get tips that we don't share on the podcast and bonus techniques that, frankly, no one has ever heard before. Again, sessionzerostudios.com slash newsletter and uh, get those free tips and techniques right to your inbox every week. But take it from me, just, just ask. I've already mentioned before on the show that I've asked my co-host Tanner Whalen for some help before with a one-shot I was planning. It's a prison break type one-shot and I was struggling with kind of the main conflict driver. And I asked him and he completely removed some of the mental barriers I was having in creating the one-shot just by asking a couple simple questions. Even in my current campaign, I asked my players to help me by hosting one-shots themselves just so I could have a small break. There's nothing wrong with asking for a little help. Number eight, I'm not good enough to be a DM. I don't really want to spend too much time on this one because frankly, it's completely erroneous. Let me just tell you something. Either you are good enough to be a DM or no one is. I mean, it's a game for goodness sake. You may not do it as well as some of the more practiced DMs out there, but that's okay. It requires skill and honestly, it needs practice. You know, I, I myself have dealt with some feelings of inadequacy as a DM. I've been dungeon mastering for a while now, and I recently played a couple of one-shots with my buddy Jake Packham of the Dungeon Mastermind podcast. You guys should definitely check it out. But he is amazing. I asked him how many times he's DM'd, and he said, eh, just a handful, uh, you know, a few times. And, and it just blew me away because he is so much better than I am. But guess what? That is awesome. That in no way makes me a worse DM. It just makes me want to play at Jake's table that much more. So instead of thinking how good everyone else is compared to you, spend time enjoying being a dungeon master. We tend to ruin ourselves by overthinking things. So just stop. Just stop. Enjoy the moment. And you'll realize that you are good enough in this moment and that you're also getting better every day. Number nine. This last one might be a bit controversial, but you don't need to be prepared for everything. There is such a thing as improvisation, and maybe you don't have all the names of your NPCs perfectly picked out. So, no problem. Just make them up. You'll probably make up some pretty silly names, but once you get a little bit better at making up names, no one will think twice about the names you make up. Maybe your players decide to follow an adventure hook that really is only half-baked. Well, great. If you need to, just put a pause on the session for like 15 minutes 
and take some time to prepare what comes next. That's okay too. No one has everything completely mapped out and no one needs to. Instead, we need to roll with the punches, plan as much as we can and enjoy the game as it's going along because we are a player in the game too. Don't ever forget that. Oftentimes, our expectations are what set us up for failure. Because D&D is just a game, we should really lower our expectations of ourselves and our players while still striving for excellence. Simply enjoying the experience can make it that much more enjoyable. And then again, expectations are what eventually make us great, so who's to say that you shouldn't hold yourself to the highest D&D standards? You could, after all, become the world's greatest DM who ever lived. And if you do, I just ask one simple favor. Invite me to your next game so I can enjoy your prowess. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'll be back for another episode next week on Thursday. Until then, my friends, let's go ahead and roll initiative.